Welcome to our bonus episode for this week. We are talking about the sexy topic, set expansion. Oh, set expansion. Oh, yeah. People have been dying for us to... This is one of the most searched terms on Google currently, (laughs) set expansions, coronation street. I can't think of a better name for it. It's actually really, really interesting, I think, about how coronation streets kind of outside sets basically have changed over the years because just um, just recently, just last week, they announced a brand new set expansion for Coro, didn't they? The new Weatherfield precinct. So we thought, how has coronation street changed over the years? Yes, and it's fair to say it's just gotten bigger and bigger as Mm. time has gone on. Bigger, wider exponentially so yeah. in recent years um, so this is this is just a bit of a history lesson for everyone really and it's the kind of thing that's probably better accompanied by photos I don't know um, but you just have to use your imagination or find photos oh actually I've, I've managed to accrue a variety of um, photographs for, really for us it. I might make a little folder online or something to, to, of pictures that you can click along with as you listen because we're not technical enough to make videos or anything or be out of the time but um, it's really really fascinating I think to see how Coronation Street has changed over time hasn't it from the from the early days of just being inside a studio yeah. to now you've got this whole mega yep. lot in media city that's just getting bigger and bigger it's incredible um like so, literally the first cobbles were painted on the floor yeah yeah totally um so we're just gonna have, have a chat through how it's changed over the years and uh, maybe you'll learn something i don't know, I guess, I guess that's kind of the point of doing this podcast sometimes to teach you things maybe you knew maybe you didn't but we're going to talk about it anyway so um let's just crack off we're, we're not even going to talk off cr- crack on yeah. crack on with uh with the chat and um did you know everybody did you know that Archie Street is where Coronation Street all started. Uh, did you? As we go through, you'll, you'll have to go. Oh, I didn't know that. If you actually didn't know some Me? of this, Gemma, yeah, I, I knew uh, that. Do you, yeah, I know you knew that. I don't know whether you know this, but Archie Street is, was this street in Salford that Coronation Street is kind of based it's like on. It's like the archetype. It? Yeah, yeah. And it could have been anywhere, really, couldn't it? This the whole point of of Coronation Street is that it was very typical of the time. It was anywhere street wasn't it could have been anywhere mm. in in Salford or Manchester or anywhere in the north yeah basically so Tony Warren the creator of the show and the set designer Dennis Parkin were driving around Salford one day to try and find inspiration for this new program that Tony had had you know ticking around in his head for so long and they drove around the corner and they just found this perfect place so this there was this like a ninth, late 19th century terrace street both sides of it were terraced unlike Coronation Street of course where we just got the one side there were 11 houses there um, a few more than actual Coronation Street there was a shop um, Daniel Clifton and Co Limited on the corner it was pretty much how Tony Warren had pictured Coronation Street in its mind uh, in his, his mind, mind, sorry. It did have a church down the end. And I think in the early days of Coronation Street, there was supposed to be a church at the end of Coronation Street, except they could never actually show it because it was all in-studio based at the beginning. But yeah, if you you can't go there these days because sadly Archie Street has been demolished like in the early 1970s, 1971, I think. But um, there are pictures online of this street and you can look at it and go... Cobbled, I mean, that's Coronation Street, pretty much, don't you? Yep, cobbled, cobbled streets, um, terraced houses, brick, bay windows. Yeah. Um, and everything's kind of crammed in. I mean, this is um, this is an artifact of 
the way that cities were built back in the day because of factories. We're not going to get into Victorian Britain and architecture, but um, that's a fascinating topic all by itself. You can go to Salford now, can't you? Because we've done Airbnbs there before that are a little Coronation Street-like, aren't they? There are actually, um, in the show... Pat Phelan goes to a, a street which we ended up getting an Airbnb in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's very similar to to, to Coronation Street. It, mm. You know, these terrace houses still exist. They're they're well built. They're not very roomy, but you know they're, they're sturdy. I think it's fair to say there aren't so many cobble streets these Definitely days, but they not. you know they do exist a little bit and. Um, they're never going to get rid of them on Coronation Street, are they? Take the cobbles away. It's like getting rid of the. Uh, the crows from town, oh, the Tower, uh, of Tower of London, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, the Archie crows. Street was where it all started. This church that's at the end of it, St Clement's Church, is still there today. So if you want to go on a little Corrie pilgrimage, and I know that Paul from Corrie Art, who's just been to Manchester this past weekend, did go to St Clement's Church to take a load of pictures. So check out his Twitter if you want to see some pictures there. But yeah, it's still there. There's like a little stretch of cobbles apparently that was there from the day. Um, it was used once this church in the show for Jerry and Myra Booth's wedding, um, but yeah, that it, it was uh, on the actual set itself. Inside, there was a painted backdrop to to represent the church. They didn't, they just didn't kind of show it very much. And I, I don't know what we're supposed to believe happens to this church that was at the end of Coronation Street, but now it's a medical centre. Not very many churches get knocked down in this country. I don't think they get no. converted into other things more usually because they're very beautiful buildings and it does make it's very interesting to think about what it would have been like if coronation street had had a church yeah yeah exactly it, well they what, had the vestry they didn't they use that now would it still be there mm, mm, yeah probably it'd probably be every wedding wouldn't it i mean this this, this place as i say the street got demolished in 1971 there are a few pictures from the time there is if you uh, can imagine what Coronation Street, the old Key Street set, looked like a few years ago after it was abandoned when they moved to Media City. Just completely, you know, glass gone from the windows, shop signs Shells. down. It's yeah. kind of fairly post-apocalyptic, and and that's what it was like. It was everybody who was there was like, "Sorry, Singer, we need to we need to flatten this." Well, I have to say, I think that um, they hopefully built better, <laughs> better yes. homes that are nicer. I, I would hope um, so, but it is a shame. Been, if you go, if you go to that area of Salford, there's Chimney Pot Park where they sometimes mm. film, and uh, the, the the houses that they've built there and uh, that replaced some of the terraced uh, streets are actually really cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, they are um, quite European looking. It's, <laughs> which yeah, sounds you, weird. If you're if you're a, yeah. a Curry fan and mm-hmm. you've not been to Manchester, it really is worth having a drive around the area because you still do see Coronation Street-like streets, don't you? Mm-hmm. But that was the inspiration yeah, for Coronation Street. Yeah, but I also just want to point out that, um, that, that uh, those those kind of places are universal in this country. Oh, my, yeah, My yeah, friend yeah. lives in a, a very similar um, street that, to this, you know, terraced... Mm. terraced um, uh, Terrace house, you know, corner shop, etc., etc. Mm. It's it's very very common. Yes, yeah, the lifeblood of Britain. So um, that was the inspiration. But actually, the early days of Coronation Street were filmed indoors, as I said earlier. And this was at the Granada Studios in Key Street, up in Manchester. Now, this studio had only opened itself in 1956, and it was the UK's first purpose-built TV studios. Because all the other TV studios that were around at the time had been like converted from other buildings so not even the BBC had made its own studio at this point so Granada opened up um, an interesting fact that I found about it is that all the studios 
within Granada Studios were given even numbers and the idea behind that was it would make it look like there were more studios than there actually were there so I there were that. studios 2, 4, 6, 8 and 12 Yeah. and um, we, we've got a little map here haven't we that we're having a look at and Studio 2 was where um, I think that was where Coronation Street was filmed it's the smallest one. Oh no it wasn't it's Studio 6 I've got here a Studio 7. Is there a Studio no, 7? No, Studio 2 you've written. Oh, yeah, it's Studio 2. It's the smallest studio and it's very cramped and they couldn't have the whole terrace set up in there because of how small it was. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that when Coronation Street was commissioned, um, not a lot of the higher-ups at Granada necessarily believed in this programme. Well, let's not forget it was commissioned as a 13-episode Yeah, that's true, thing. that's and, true. And also, there was no such thing as a soap Really? No, you had your archers on the Nobody's radio, going, didn't you? Oh, we need to have. Um, we need to make sure that we future-proof this for the next sixty years of television. Mm, mm. Nobody knew how long this was going to last, yeah. and they're not going to splash out on a um, a lot of money on this. For all they knew, they were working on something that would be forgotten. You know, the following year. Yeah, exactly. Like very many. Almost every TV show ever, basically. Yeah, so Studio 2 was where they were set up. They were also, um, as time went on, given um, a Studio 7, which was... it wasn't. I don't think it was an actual studio. It was just a little side room bit, which had... Um, it, it had green rooms. Um, it had the, the Deer Quartermass plant, which is the one that My eventually... Thing. Go on, you'll tell well, the story. Well, it's just a plant, isn't it? Yes, that, that, that Noel in. Dyson brought in after yeah. she died, who played um, she Ida Barlow. bring it in after she sorry, died. the character died, sorry. And the actress who played <laughs> Ida left this plant called Dear Quartermass in the green room. And, um, Legend the, uh, has yeah, it. The, yeah, that when the plant dies, Coronation Street dies with it. And I still don't know, actually, sure whether this plant actually exists still. Do, does Dear Quartermass still exist? I'd like to think so. I, I, but, um, I really um, feel like it's died and nobody's admitting that it has or it's been replaced like a canary. <laughs> yeah, do you think so? So Studio 2 itself then, it was 43 by 75 feet. Um, really, really cramped. They couldn't even erect the entirety of the terrace here. So when they wanted to film bits of Coronation Street inside, they had to have just like, you know, the rover's end or the shop end. They literally yeah. couldn't fit the whole street in here. And it was all made of wood and it was mm-hmm. all painted. Um, the cobbles were painted on the floor, the pavement. I don't even think... It was raised and a no, raised no, it edge. Wasn't. They so, had to pretend to step down yeah. off the side. Well, that's acting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they had to pre- well it is. Yeah, and when it was, was only three quarter scale, so they had to walk more slowly. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. It, it was tiny. It was really, really tiny. There's a few brilliant pictures behind the scenes of these sets, and to look at them in pictures, and there's some really good definition, high, high-ish definition pictures of the sets back then. They look very setty, don't they? But from watching the old episodes ourselves a few years ago. They didn't look too bad, really. I think it was because the picture quality of uh, Coronation Street itself, or, you know, the recordings that we've got, is so fuzzy and such, you know, low-res small picture. You just kind of believe it, yeah. don't, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. And the other thing also is that the set didn't really extend much further than the bottom windows, um, really. No, no, there was, there was, there were no upstairs, there were no roofs or anything. They didn't need to show any. There was nothing this. inside either. It was just basically a facade, mm. and so obviously all the internal bits would have been filmed somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. So this is just about. This isn't about all of the sets in Coronation Street, all of the internal sets and stuff. We are just talking about Coronation Street the, itself, the, the outs- outdoors in inverted outdoor, commas, outside part of, yeah. the, of the show. Yeah. Um, and I think back in the early days as well, um, 
the sh- the showmakers didn't like to have too many scenes filmed out in the street. I don't think they realised how, how important a location it was where characters could meet up in places that weren't the rovers. And I think they realised it may have looked a little bit dodgy, so they just didn't really show very much of it. So um, we had the street, you know, the row of houses as we have now, number one down to 13, then the shop. We had the viaduct yeah. at the end, which is, again, just a painted facade it's, And there. it's incredibly close. It was really, really... Um, There's yeah, no... Sp- you got, you got no, your post box where that yeah. is now, and then right cl- up close to that, like a wall, wasn't yeah. there, which doesn't exist anymore, and then... Uh, yeah, a short wall with um, railing, an iron railing across mm. the top, like, you know, less than knee height. Mm. Um, and then a painted archway, which is the viaduct. Yeah, but interestingly, back in those days, they had painted like what's on the other side of the viaduct, because now you, this yeah. is where we're talking about where the bistro is. So it's all bricked up and there's a building inside. But back in the early days of Coronation Street, you were to believe that you could see all the way through to the next street along. Uh, but they, they got rid of that idea at some point. Well, maybe you could, and then they built a building inside it. Mm. So you had the, the houses that way. And one thing that was interesting that I didn't realise when we watched those first 60s episodes, do you remember on some of the end credits, over the over the credits, they kind of showed a pan from the shop down to yeah, the rovers, did, yeah. and they would have a little thing on the screen saying who lives in yeah, which I house, all to kind of build the universe. But I think so, I've got a feeling that that might have been filmed in Archie Street. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they kind of... Which had more streets, more houses than Coronation Street did, so they kind of skipped over a few. Go, 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 go. And the houses didn't look exactly the same either, but, you know, you had to make do with what you had back in those days, I suppose. That was the 1960s version of the 1990s soap, where at the beginning all the actors would have their names and they'd be laughing as a like a montage like ha 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 Ken Barlow played by William Roach ha 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 what <laughs> but yeah but they had the houses instead didn't yeah. they so opposite the street at that point you had Elliston's raincoat factory where some of the um some of the uh, the lady cast members or the lady characters worked in the early days didn't they you had like Christine Hardman work there um, Sheila Bertels possibly Lucille yeah I don't know the the history of the factory is confusing because there are many factories Mm. over the years that have been there yeah Yeah, Bet definitely was her first introduction was a very blink and you miss it um, character poke her head around the door we open for pints love we want some food and else um Annie Walker being completely horrified that this riffraff <laughs> clientele was going to come and yeah, that's right, um, that's right. Besmirch the the good name of the Rovers. Yeah. Now we were just we were led to believe, should I say, that there was a factory there because they didn't actually have a factory set. They had they had a little bit of vestry, didn't they? Because right at the end of the street where the cabin is now, that was where we were supposed to have had the mission of glad tidings, which is where Ina uh, hung out and played on the harmonium. And if you have never seen the old episodes of Coronation Street, it's probably. I never really, when you say, oh, the mission, I don't know what the hell you really were talking about, but it's a big old hall. It's not a church, is it? So much as it's a, a gathering place. It's a kind of thing. Yeah, because, for, for religious activities. Yeah, because that was where Leonard Swindley did his preaching, wasn't it? So it, it was kind of a community centre, but a religious community centre. Yeah. And um, the, the corner of it, with its own in- entrance and exit, well, the same thing, own front door, was a, a quaint little kind of wooden panelled room, which is where Elsie, no, Ina Sharples lived, because mm. she was the, she was the caretaker. caretaker. There, wasn't she? So yeah. she had her own lodgings in there, mm. and it, you know, she had a little, you know, tiny kitchen and a nice 
dining table and all that kind of stuff and a stove and mm. things because um you know rooms were a bit differently laid out now uh, then than they are mm. now you wouldn't have had a proper kitchen really no. um so that that's kind of what we saw of the mission was Ina Sharple's little room yeah. and a big hall and and they would have characters standing on the outside of it having a chat yeah, as well right, sometimes sorry. episode five was the first time the mission appeared on the program and going back to the factory just briefly um when they occasionally wanted to show the Here's exterior the of it here it is then they'd use a building that's just outside the old sets which is still there now isn't it i can't remember what it is at the moment isn't it a ho- hotel or am i thinking maybe i i can't remember it's no, either a hotel is- or it has been a hotel maybe but um, it's where it's where they had the famous ish scene in the sixties, the early is it early sixties, yeah, sixty two, I think, where Christine Hardman was on the roof threatening to jump off. Yeah. And um, and for the for those rooftop scenes, they they used this particular place and said, oh, there's the there's the factory, and then they'd cut to scenes filmed inside the studio of of Martha and and Minnie and all that looking upwards at nothing, um, and, and we were to believe that that this factory was here all along. So this set is part of Granada's complex of other studios. Mm. Coronation Street does not have its own dedicated studio like it does now. No. Back in the day, at the very beginning, it was just temporarily constructed inside a studio inside Granada's TV-making facilities. Mm. Yes? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, One other thing that I found out while I was doing a bit of research for this at the weekend, and I didn't realise this as before, but once in 1964, I think it was for like three episodes, they literally took the set and put it outside because there there was a story (laughs) where there was this character called um, Walter Potts who had the stage name of Brett Falcon. He was like this musical star of Weatherfield, wasn't he? And I think Dennis Tanner... He was um, the agent. He was the agent of him. And they wanted to have some scenes where where Walter Potts was besieged by by, by a stream of fans and they had him chase him down the street. And they thought, we can't have the whole street inside the studio. It won't fit. So they literally took the the set, (laughs) stuck it out in the Granada car park. And that was the first scene, I think, where the... It must have been where the street was actually filmed outside um, and again 1964 if you, if you have a look at the picture that we've got you can see a really um, you can see a um, the the shop Flory Lindley's shop and it is literally just the, the, the windows and no higher isn't it yeah and the, it's just as high as the sign that yeah, says so clever camera angles obviously disguised that fact but um, yeah there we go a bit of outside street for the first time the first time it got a good airing but um, it wouldn't be too long before that move was made permanent not to the car park maybe but uh, outside um, this, so, oh go yeah, on so so this was that was 64 no 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 this place Granada Studios where was it that, that was at Key street? street yeah yeah which is which is what it has been until very recently before it moved to Media City. It was all in the same place, but it, I think just different studios, maybe different parts of it, because eventually it was moved outside as well. Um, it it stayed inside throughout the sixties. There was a bit of a change um, in 1965 to the look of the street because that was when Number Seven Coronation Street collapsed, and um, that was just at the end of an episode, wasn't it? I remember it being an episode where Steve Tanner came into it, and then at the very end of the episode, somebody burst into the pub and says, "Number Seven's collapsed," and um, they then then they cut to outside, and the the whole outside set of Number Seven was in ruin, and it was I can't remember what the reason was. It was it just like 
it was old. I can't remember. But um, that was... No, that what's was, the question? You just no, why me? number seven collapsed? It was something to do with joists or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's some DIY it's thing. It's just because they didn't have enough people. Hmm? Yeah, the reason that they did it on the show was because they, they, they weren't enough cast members and they were like, well, this house... Woof. I don't understand Because the Hewitts why... lived there at the time, didn't they? Or they yes. had lived there, I can't yes, remember. because that's why Lucille was so sad. Mm. She was, like, rum- uh, rumbling around in yeah. the... Yeah. But I can't remember what the reason in-universe was no. why the house collapsed. No, but I, don't you think it's really weird and, like, a really drastic, weird way of, like, the problem... We've got an empty house. We can't put anyone in it. What should we do? Let's just blow it up. Yeah. Why, why can't you just leave it empty? I, it's, 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 it was bizarre. And it then must they... have been quite exciting at the time. Those, those scenes with the with the house collapse and everything, I think, were really, really well oh, yeah, done. They're really definitely fun. worth watching. It just doesn't seem like a normal thing for a terraced house in the middle to to do. I don't know. But I wonder whether mind. anyone watching it just made them think, "Oh my gosh, oh, my house no. could collapse at any minute." Um, and, and it, it stayed that way for like twenty years as well, didn't it? It's because they had a dodgy landlord too, didn't they? Yes, Mr. Wormold. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then they just put a, they just put a, a bench, bench. There. <laughs> and, and and nowhere was it more obvious that these houses were not built to full scale than the fact that all that was really all that could yeah. really fit in the gap was just a bench, and you're supposed to believe that a, believe that a house could fit in there. Yeah. But anyway, so for for a good long time there was a bench in number seven's plot. So, and the, the, also the funny thing about it was that because it was always a studio until they moved it outside eventually, um, there was a back to it. Like, it wasn't, like, you, you... If it was a real set of terraced houses, you'd be able to see through to the garden, wouldn't you? And the yard and the ginnel behind. Yeah. But actually, it was just a wall. <laughs> because... Don't and it think was all, about it And it was all painted everybody. black, wasn't it? Like, don't look at this. Yeah, yeah, basically. It's like in a theatre, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So that was a real big stunt in 1965 when the house collapsed. Do you think that's where all the, um, all the people that, you know, the people that wear black and they move things around yeah. on the stage, like the stagehands, that's where they <laughs> that's all live. That's where they live. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see them. So that was a huge stunt in 1965 standards for Coronation Street. But two years later, we had something much bigger, didn't we? <gasps> yes, the yeah. train crashing through the viaduct in the same place where the tram collapsed was the big one from 2010 back in 1967 they did the same thing again and again for 1960s standards if you watch those episodes they were really really well done weren't they people were worried about where Ina was right so this they they that really did push the the set to the limit because they had to have these wide as wide as you could shots of the devastation and chaos that this um derailed train had caused and this was from where the bistro is now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, that was fantastic episodes, but I think that made the producers realise this show is becoming quite a big beast here and we can't stay in this studio forever. Um, well, don't forget also that TV is rapidly evolving at this time. Things are getting more technical, um, different techniques are being pioneered. Mm, mm. Um, I don't know when, when colour television... Um, well, this is 1967, and the first colour curry was in 1969, I think. So, so they, getting... so the technology they would have been thinking, they would have known this technology is coming. Mm. And I think a wooden dodgy sets is not going to look great forever. So 
this is when Harry Kershaw, um, who was in charge of the show at the time... Legendary saying, producer. Exactly. He's like, what are we going to do now? And there's a quote from him here that's from one of his books. I can't remember which one. I'm sorry. Um, it was only when electronic editing was fully adopted and it became a comparatively simple process to produce our shows in pieces to be joined together by the miracle men in the editing suite that we turned our minds to the possibility of building our street Hollywood style in God's open air. And just to pause there a minute, that was a big thing in, in America at the time. They had a lot more shows where they would build these you know specifically made lots if you like for filming so they thought can we do this as well and also um just to just to harken back to the very beginning of coronation street it was like a play it was like a televised play yeah it was all live it was recorded live it was one live one recorded wasn't it but it was all done live Mm -hmm. there was no there were no retakes no and so they didn't edit it together they just filmed it and that was it. And that it was went it. out and that's like, how it like was. that. Yeah. And then, a bit like as, this podcast, really. <laughs> and as technology evolves, you it now becomes possible to to film different bits at different times and stick them together later. Don't tell me you can edit podcasts, Java. I don't. I don't want to no, no, increase my workload here. And one day they'll do them in colour. What? <laughs> now, how will that work? It can be like video podcasts, eh? nothing, I don't believe no, it. You, uh... So anyway, back to Kershaw's quote here. There were, however, what we thought were inseparable differences in finding a suitable site. Not realising that this day would ever come, we had made a substantial rod for our own backs. The problem was that Viaduct Street's far boundary was a fictional, uh, sorry, fictional, but massive railway viaduct. So we're talking about the, 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 um, the cabin, the current cabin and the shop end. Um... Uh, which lay at right angles to the bottom of our street. Obviously, building our own viaduct on an outside lock was out of the question, but where were we to find a location with such a ready-made feature? Fate positively beamed on us. So, yeah, yeah they this had this amazing. problem. They needed a viaduct because, in-universe, there was a viaduct at the end of Coronation Street, and they're short of blowing it up. They had to be able to build this outdoor set somewhere where there's a viaduct. Fortunately for him, Granada's general manager showed uh, showed um, Harry, I was going to say Ian Kershaw, the Harry Kershaw, Grape Street, just round the back of the studio, which was perfect. It was a cobbled area, brick walls on two sides. There was a warehouse on another side, obviously perfect for, for what they had in Coronation Street, and crucially, a viaduct down the bottom end. It was absolutely what they needed. So I just like kind of ridiculous like they go where are we going to find this? where are we going to find a perfect street oh there's one bit. just outside oh it's behind me <laughs> Manchester no it's one of those he's like it's behind me isn't it yeah <laughs> fortunately they were in a very lucky position here I think the cobbles were going the wrong way but it didn't matter it was perfect for what they needed so that year and we're talking 69 here I think 68, 69 um, the wooden indoor set was made weatherproofed Nice. <laughs> moved outside and then was erected. Yeah, exactly. Erected against scaffolding. Um, occasionally that scaffolding did pr- uh, pop up in the show, uh, but never mind. It was out there it, within the elements. There were no roofs, no backyards, no ginnels like you get these days. Literally, it was just these facades up against scaffolding. It was like a theme park of Coronation Street before anyone ever wanted to go to exactly, a Coronation Street exactly. themed park. And, and that took place um, between April and May that year, one at a time from the shop down to the rovers so when this first started appearing on the screen it was that end of the street that they showed first um now this all coincided in in universe in coronation street in 68 with the mission and the raincoat factory being demolished in show um and i think that was 
Was that with, um, weren't Peter and Susan Barlow like trapped in the raincoat factory when it was being demolished? Oh, I was like, oh, vague yeah, they memories were of that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so, um, then th- this, this sprung up and we got the first shot from an episode in 1967. We saw, um, uh, the L. Clegg, uh, um, what was his first name? L. Lionel. L- no, no, that was Lionel Petty. You're thinking oh, of yeah. Len, uh, Leonard. Was it Len? I shouldn't have ever asked. I can't remember. That's a bad fan. Um, so the, the, the shop was there. The post box was there. It, and, and then as the year went on, just more and more, more and more houses. And then finally, the Rovers appeared across the street where the Mission and the Raincoat family uh, family factory <laughs> were. Love that. Then band. we had these masonettes. Les Clegg, that's right, not Len, I was close. We had, so yeah, so we had these maisonettes on the other side. Um, and these were maisonettes, um, it was it's kind of flats. We've had this discussion just recently on the podcast, haven't we, about what counts as a maisonette. But for the purposes of Coronation Street, it was some extra flat kind of buildings, which were an attempt to address a complaint that Corrie needed modernising. And back at the time, these kind of living... Um, this is kind of living accommodation was what a lot of people were living in. They were also just facades, like the terraced houses themselves, but at least they were made of brick. So they had seven flats across two stories. Um, they were partly brought in to try and get more characters into the show. <laughs> they just knocked down number seven a few years earlier, and now they were like, oh, maybe we need to increase our cast list a little bit more. Um, although it, it never really worked. No. While the Masonettes were in the show, only three were ever occupied by residents um, because the casting budget didn't allow for more characters. And one of them was... Um, Effie Spicer which is some yeah. random old woman that was there I, was, I never really got on with her when we watched her but anyway they, they stayed for a very short uh, amount of time um, so then um, filming took place um, for seven episode 742 that was when the demolition of the vestry was shown um, and um, eventually by the 22nd of May uh, that year that was episode 776 they had shown the whole of the street so they were building it bit by bit yes. and showing bits as they were building it. Yeah. And they also, in in the show, showed themselves demolishing old bits yeah. as part of the story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they did that a few times over the years, incorporated the, the actual real-life building works into the show. And yes, it, they, yeah, they definitely did that, didn't they? Especially yeah. with the factory. Because I remember um, a scene outside with like Mike and... and uh, Mm. Ken and stuff and yeah. you could hear all the the wrecking balls <laughs> and like, you just carry on building it I don't mind it adds to the ambience yeah. now weatherproof these wooden sets as much as you like but in real life <laughs> they're not going to last for too long so they're, the wi- they're already 10 years oldish at this point they yeah. were a bit ropey and um, they didn't really last so well in the winter of 68 bad weather um, they were they were coming down. At least the cobbles were real at this point. Cobbles were real, and they were raised pavements and everything. Oh no, at this it's luxury. Um, so um, late 1969, they built brick frontages to the house. So it was starting to get a little bit more realistic here. This was also when it was going into colour, so it was a nice transition for the show. They debuted in episode 944 of Corrie, which was in January 1970. Um, the, the the wooden set really did look incredibly ropey in colour so they kind of just had to bite the bullet and do this and don't forget like Coronation Street was one of the biggest shows on television yeah 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 yeah. so people were people loved it and the television audience was millions upon millions of people 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember exactly what the viewing figures were because it, I think it hit its peak in like the 80s and 90s. But it was it was slowly building, should we say, at this point. But it had certainly caught the attention of far more people than was originally expected. Um, I mean, it was originally only going to be 13 episodes, like you said. But th- this was you know, a premiere show in, in, in uh, UK TV at this time. So they needed, they needed something decent doing with it. Um, and in 1970, the set was actually open to the public. Um, on the August bank holiday weekend there, it was like a charity do. It was also uh, in time to mark a 1,000 episodes of the programme. And across that weekend, 50,000 people descended on Coronation Street. And there are some pictures of this. Uh, and just absolutely cramming the set, sh- um, the, the, the set full of uh, rampant Corrie fans. And that must have been so cool to be able to literally step into the world of your favourite TV show. I mean, even now, you don't really get much of a chance to do that, do you? You can do the tour and everything now. I suppose people are a bit more used to it. You know, if you've been to a Disney World or a Harry Potter experience, I think visiting a TV set, though still very special... I see what you mean, yeah. I, I think I think back in those days, and that was also, well, the, also time the history when... of television wasn't very long. No, no, it wasn't. I mean, this was also the time. Remember when you know if a if a if a character had a baby, then hundreds of people would send in flowers to the studios. Or booties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I or... just looked up the um, viewing figures for the thousandth episode, yeah. and it was around uh, six or seven million. God, Coronation Street would only dream of <laughs> figures like that these days, wouldn't they? Was and it, it, you know, there were four only five five the million moment. living in the country at the time. <laughs> Not true. Untrue. Yeah, so um, back then you, you could go to visit the set, you'd parade down the street, they had big banners up there saying, welcome to Coronation Street. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Another great bit of trivia that I enjoy about this particular version of the set is that the actors absolutely hated filming that. I know, I love this. <laughs> Never received any direct sunlight because I yeah. think the sun was being blocked out. Well, the afternoon sun, the south-facing um, bit, was where the, um, the this warehouse was. Um, it didn't drain... Yeah. The cobbles there didn't Always drain any damp. excess rainwater, so it was damp cold. Jean Alexander was particularly vocal about how hate how much she hated this. She said, nowhere on earth could be as cold as this particular Coronation Street set. Doris Speed also said at one point, who played Annie Walker, that her mouth was often too frozen to even speak at this uh, this time. It was absolutely miserable. And also, it was still very small. Yes. So if you look, there's a, we've got a picture of, of it, and it really is just... Um, from the rovers down to the the corner shop a big old viaduct at the end and then still open at this point yeah there's nothing in there um and then the other side is these weird kind of um very very 60s looking boxy maze yeah little flatty things yeah um and everything is still not too size not to the proper no i can't remember exactly what the proportions were i think they built they now, if they just put the bricks over the old ones, maybe that was this is still the original scale. I can't remember, but there was no Rosamond just, Street or anything at this point. Even in pictures, it looks like, like you were saying, it looks like, like a, a Disney, tiny nook, or like a Disney. You know, when you go to Disneyland, well, not that I've been for the last twenty-five years, <laughs> um, everything just looks fake. You know, yeah, just yeah. looks. You know that there's nothing there. Yeah, at least when you go to the the set tour now, you got a 
decent sized area to, to walk down but here it was just literally from the rovers down to the shop I've seen it all now I'm done there's literally yeah. nothing else it's so interesting how sprawling the set has has gotten mm. really really interesting yeah so 1971 that's when they got rid of the masonettes they did not go down well with the viewers as I said they, they couldn't populate them with characters look a bit weird so they were removed knocked down and replaced with the Mark Britton Warehouse and the Community Centre. Um, and the Community Centre was like this weird twee little, little like a collection of tiny sheds. Well, I think that was the entrance to it. I think that was where Ina and then later Percy Sugden lived. Community Centre itself, a little bit bigger. And that was actually really good for the show to have that because we saw things like there was a, a cake uh, competition there, wasn't there? Like fates would go on there. That was where they would have... Uh, the plays sometimes when they yeah. when the residents put on the pantomimes. Pantos. It was a nice like now, big space. I mean, back then they also had the um, the select in the rovers as well. Yeah. They were they were decent sized sets for for the theatrical Coronation Street characters of the past to be able to put on a show. Um, but that that was what was on the other side of the of, uh, of Corrie for a, a good few years at that point. Um, it also allowed for more places for characters to work because up to that point you either could work at the rovers or you could work in the shop and there wasn't really anywhere else for you to go to but now you got the you got the the warehouse there you got the community center um and it's really funny because the warehouse it was the most warehousey looking thing it's just a big old box wasn't it it were it's very blocky it looks industrial Mm. i don't think you can really necessarily say that about the outside of underworld now i mean it's very small the facade is very small underworld is tiny compared to what this This was this was was a stretch the the street it was absolutely huge yeah and it's Um, got like a brick um the, the bottom half of it is brick and the top half of it is like metal a metal white fronting yeah yeah it? and it's even got, got big, gate, big gates and stuff big hasn't railing it? gates to go in and out yeah yeah um, it properly looks industrial but that, that and was it doesn't a, now yeah that and was it, a great addition to the street I yeah. mean thanks to the the, the those buildings you had the introduction of classic characters like Mavis Ivy Vera all thanks to to that um, big building being there Um, in 1972 the houses had a bit more of an upgrade they got roofed at last what rear walls were put onto them no the ginnel yeah, these what classic staples of Coronation Street now. They put it in. They put it in. So more places for the characters to walk down. That that all debuted on the show in December 1972. Um, and in 1976, tragedy strikes the warehouse. It burns down. Yeah, Poor. but it kind of gets rebuilt looking exactly the same, really. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. That was, that was the fire that... Um, Fred G's wife Wife, died in, wasn't it? And that brought Fred G on to the show. But um, yeah, in the place of uh, the warehouse there, Baldwin's Casuals. And so this was the introduction of Mike Baldwin onto the street. He put a sign up that says Baldwin's Casuals. But yeah, like Gemma said earlier, look pretty much the same. It's really funny how different that side was considering it's all residential now well you've got a little factory kind of tucked away and in the garage. garage but this was just like you know your houses on one side and your your work on the other side it, it was really very weird. very different i don't know i don't know how common that kind of mixing zones is these days no i don't know um and i also really don't understand why there was ever a real need to not just have houses like mm. wh- why I don't get the 
why why were they like well we i understand at the beginning you only had one side of the street because they couldn't afford to they probably didn't even think about building the other side because you didn't need it you had all the characters yeah. you needed on we've one got side. 13 episodes we've got enough houses for those characters I mean, the who original cares what's Ar- on the other side the original archie street did have um a terrace not all the way down the whole street there's some kind of brick wall i guess some you know some kind of uh, yeah, down the gardens shop or something the other side of there some kind of green space maybe or mm. parking or i don't know but um yeah it's really weird it honestly it's not very common to see terraced houses opposite something that isn't terraced mm. like um like we we're talking about chimney pot park um opposite you know the houses there opposite that will be a park and yeah. the park was kind of raised so you're not really looking into green space you're looking at a brick wall mm. Mm. I just think it's interesting and strange. It is, very, very much. Now, that lasted until about the end of the 70s, and this was where Coronation Street had an absolutely huge change. So the decision was made, late 70s, early 80s, to build something that was a bit more realistic in size, had proper roofs, could show Rosamond Street at last, because this is a street that had been alluded to ever since the show had started. Rosamond Street, you know, just down the corner past the Rovers, but they actually wanted to be able to show it now, um, because... The, the Grape Street set, this last one that they just had, just had some gates in real life. So again, they couldn't really, couldn't really show it because it didn't tie in with what they actually said was there. They had to be very clever with their camera angles. So they thought, let's do this properly. And in 1981, that's when they started building a new, longer outdoor set, proper roofs, like I said, segment of Rosamond Street so not very much but it was there houses at this point were now seven tenths scale so still not full scale um, but it was much a huge upgrade over what had been there in the past um, and, and because of all this producers had to make considerations for how it would affect camera angles and dialogue and things Bill Podmore at the time or oh, sorry in one of his books said um, it took a lot of clever camera angles to disguise the fact that when we would have, say, a fire engine on the set. So he's talking about the fact that, you know, when they had the Mark Britus... Britus? We've been watching the British <laughs> Empire again. When they had the Mark Britain warehouse fire and they had this fire um, engine rock up, it dwarfed everything else there because it was so huge. So they they couldn't be... build that to a smaller scale. They couldn't, they... <laughs> they couldn't do build a tiny fire engine. <laughs> so it didn't really look right. So they had to use their clever, fi- uh, to use their clever angles. Anyway, back to the, the Podmore quote. On the other hand, with this new set, we'll have to think carefully about dialogue length. It's going to take longer now for two characters to walk from the pub to the corner shop. And that's that kind of really struck me as quite interesting. When, the, when you've got characters walking from one place to another you and they are talking you've got to plan enough dialogue so that it fits in the time so that yeah. they get to wherever they need to get to by the time this conversation reaches a certain point and now they're like well it's going to take them longer to walk there now fascinating stuff um it's going um it's little considerations like that said podmore that we'll have to take into account at script conferences so right when they built so what iteration are we on now? So we started off in started off inside in studio, the studio. And then you had your we wooden ones outside the studio. In Grape Street. Yeah, then you had your, your bricks put onto right, that. Right, okay. And um, then... And now we are uh, we are in... Oh, this, this is... Uh, 81. This is 81, yes. Right. This is the, the, so can I ask you, that, uh, do you know, when they were demolishing this, how were they filming Coronation Street at the same time? Um... I think that they just probably did more indoor things. So they, yeah, because they haven't got anywhere. It's not like 
you know, when we're going to jump forward to the big move to Media City, they were building this in separate in a separate site. Yeah. So Coronation Street really has been for the first many year, you know, majority of the well, time. Well, this was in Key Street. This this wasn't in exact. It wasn't like they were knocking it down and rebuilding it bigger in the same place. This was, oh, okay, that's this what was I meant. You know, just over the other side of the studio lot yeah so they but but i think there was a lot of indoor scenes around this time i need a map of like where all the sets were i know i know they were orientated it's it's probably there but that would be very useful for us to have because i can't i still can't quite picture it in my head no so this this um development cost one hundred and seventy thousand pounds Wow. Gemma's going to go onto our website now and find out how much that is in real money. This is 1981. They used 49,000 bricks um, for the house frontages. And now that would be 150,000 bricks. Thank you. 4,000 concrete blocks for the houses. 6,500 reclaimed slates for the roofs. This is a massive operation at the time. And for the first time on the show, they actually had chimneys on the top of the houses so those famous like crown topped chimneys that are kind of a staple of Coronation Street now we've got them in the um, the opening sequence even and this was the first time the houses actually had chimneys yes they were made of fiberglass rather than um, you know the actual ceramics that they would use these days but it was a start they had a purpose built viaduct so they actually built a viaduct at not the just time using the one not that was just using there. the one that was there no because I assume it's in a different place then yeah, yeah, exactly. It was. The walls in the backyards were made of plastic so that they could be moved if they needed to. And at last, number seven Coronation Street was rebuilt. So that had been that had collapsed in show in 1965. They thought, this is a bit silly. We need a house here now. So in the show, Len Fairclough, the builder, um, built, built it all up, aided by um, Sharon, now Sharon um, Gaskell. No, now Sharon Bentley, then Sharon Gaskell. Um, and the first time that this street was on the show, it was kind of showed Len and Sharon putting the finishing touches to the painting work. And although in show they talked about the fact that Len was doing up number seven, they didn't even bother trying to show it until they were ready to say, and it's nearly finished. Too, too difficult that was. This set was opened by the Queen Majesty herself, Elizabeth the II. The Queen Majesty. The Queen Majesty, her Royal Highnessness, the Queen Elizabeth of two, in 1982. It's her Majesty, Thank the Queen. You. I know, I know. She opened it in May 1982, and then film started in June 1982. And um, around that time was, as I say, when Rosamond Street was shown on screen for the first time. Now, Gemma, have you used your technical yeah. wizardry to find out how much? So £170,000 back in 1981, how much would that cost in today's money? Just under £700,000. Okay. Or that... just under nine, and just under a million American dollars. Mm. Or... One million one hundred and sixty-five thousand Canadian dollars. Oh, yeah, that's very helpful. Yeah, well, maybe that doesn't sound like that much now. No, I don't. I don't it doesn't really. Doesn't <laughs> I was count. expecting Listen. it to be that's like fifty billion pounds in today's money. It's not as expensive as you would think. I think materials have shot up recently. Yeah. So we're not comparing like to like, and also um, the you're not really you're building it as cheap as possible. You're not building a house, are you? You're building a wall. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, and it doesn't that's... even have to be a very good wall. <laughs> no, indeed. <laughs> it just has to not fall on Doris Speed's head. <laughs> so over the course of the 80s, especially the mid-80s, there are a couple of changes to the street. The Graffiti Club opened. Now that is where the medical centre is now, isn't it? And this was um, Alec Gilroy's nightclub, the Graffiti Club. I think that's Club. what is rubbing off on Dr Gaddis, you know. 
Do you reckon? It's the spiritual home of uh, of the den of inequity of Coronation Street. <laughs> that's why she started doing drugs and leaving her car in town. Getting crazy hairstyles. <laughs> um, I, no, nobody knows what happened to the church. Back in the 60s, there was a church there. Now, all of a sudden, there was a nightclub there. No questions, well, anybody. Well, isn't it just a metaphor for the downfall of the moral fibre of this country? I think you're right. I think you're right, yeah. yeah. So, by the end of the decade... Um, Coronation Street had switched from filming on film to videotape and that actually made it easier to film decent looking shots outside as well because before this time they it just didn't look good when you were doing outside shots on, on film but um yeah now finally the outside of the street was becoming a real character in itself if you like um, and to celebrate um, in 1988 I don't know what it's celebrating. I'm just making that bit up. For whatever reason, for money, the Granada Studios tour opened. Um, And this was something that ran for just over 10 years, I think. And for the first time, I believe, since 1970, the general public were allowed to go into the the studios. Um, Generally, the outdoor filming was Mondays only. So for the rest of the week, it was open to the public to go and walk down their favourite street. Um... They could see a little bit more than they could in 1970. But remember, it was just a tiny bit of Rosamond Street, the main Coronation Street itself, and and that was kind of it. But still something amazing, I'm sure, for the the general public to walk down and and see in real life. I guess there was the Ginnell at this point as well, which uh, hadn't been there in in the past. But there's a couple of pictures of the old Granada Studios tour online, and um, it just kind of ends when they reach Viaduct Street, doesn't it, past the corner shop. It looks... um, it's just like a load of bricks plonked in the middle of a lot, basically. Um, and that was something that I went on. I don't remember a whole lot about it. It must have been like 97, 98 maybe that I went on I this tour. I bet you tour. wore your best shell suit. I probably did. And what colour was your shell suit? I, I, you know, purple, teal, yeah, that kind of brilliant. thing. Luminous yellow. With speed lines and yeah. those wiggly... I think that I might have done the Granada Studios tour first. I think I went once when I wasn't really into Coronation Street and Mum and Dad dragged me along. And then I went again later in the 90s when I actually liked the show and I remember buying an uh, an issue sorry of the Coronation Street magazine from the gift shop that they had there oh, and I fun. think that's also where I bought my Raquel key ring which adorned my keys throughout the uh, the, the the second half of the uh, 90s and the early 2000s and that's why as you were well. bullied at school right I, for one of many reasons yeah so Awesome, Granada Studios tour. And not, oh, it wasn't just to see Coronation Street as well. You could go and have a look at their other um, uh, workings bits. as well, bits and bobs there. there was I remember there being like a green screen room where you could go wow. in and, and sit on something and then see yourself on That's the so camera. Fun. There was like a, a, re, a reconstruction of a court that they would use to film oh, court right. scenes on TV. You could go and sit in the... In the um, I can't remember whether you are in the jewellery or whether you are in the, the, the viewing gallery or whatever... Um, there was a sooty thing. It oh, had it, it, had it all. I think and there was. And sweep. I think there might have been a Sherlock Holmes thing there as well. Cause I think that was maybe big for Granada. I might be making that up. I might be right. I don't know. Anyway, We're not a Sherlock Holmes podcast. I know. Don't come to me for facts about Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> 1989 comes along. 
end of the decade and another big change for Coronation Street. Now this was when David Liderman became the executive producer. He believed the show needed updating because it looked a bit looked a bit dated compared to EastEnders, compared to Brookside. Now EastEnders remember had the, the huge square, had the grass in the middle, they had a pretty big decent looking set there compared to Coronation Street which as we now know has recently been revamped I think for the first time since then Brookside that had its own close didn't it they literally they were very ambitious compared to Coronation Street because they don't have they didn't have the evolution through the years no Coronation Street was just we started in this tiny place and we let's just hammer this together yeah and, and they were kind of on the back foot almost all the time mm. trying to, to kind of catch up to where they should be. Whereas yeah. um, EastEnders and Brookside could just go, let's just throw money at this, yeah. making this. And Brookside, one of the one of the, one of of the the USPs of that was that all of the, there were actual houses that were built in a close, weren't they? Yeah. And the filming was done inside those houses. Yeah. Uh, now that, was, that lasted until the late 90s, I think, didn't it? And uh, that was a Channel 4 soap. Um, you've also got your Emmerdale going on at this time and you've got the you know, sprawling farm. So Coronation Street was in, in need of a makeover again. Um, so under David Liniment, they had more scenes shot on location. There was more studio space freed up for Coronation Street, which meant that they could have more interior sets in each episode. Also at that time, they had the green room, makeup complex, wardrobe, props department, etc. Um, and they, the outdoor set was extended again. Um, three episodes a week um, were, were now going on in Coronation Street. That See, also meant that they needed more houses, more characters yeah. to film. No wonder they only needed to film on Mondays outside. Yeah, two episodes a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bloody hell. Now they're into three, so more, more characters really needed. Community centre and factory were demolished, and this is when the current houses, so the Platt's house, uh, the Metcalf's house, Yasmin's house, these were built at this time. Um, the cabin was moved, because that and was originally... Salon? Um, yeah, the salon as well, number four, uh, number so the whole number side two. Of the street as we know it Base, now. Yeah, that's that comes from 1989. So I mean, it's co- coming up on what, what's that? 30, thirty and a bit years, thirty, thirty-three years. Old. Am I, am I measuring ca- that right? Because the cabin. Four, the cabin had been on Rosamond Street yeah, originally in, in the seventies. Yeah. Well, Rosamond Street back in the day was supposed to be this huge main yeah. street, like a of, shopping street. Yeah, of Coronation High street. street, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. They had the cabin there. There was Sunliners. The um yeah. in, in the nineties, the the travel agents was there. Um, Roy's Rolls yes. or Jim's Cafe, as it once was, was on there. It was huge. Now, as we'll come to later, not really much of Rosamond Street. You know street. what? I am such a massive nerd, but. What? But wouldn't it be so much fun to make a documentary about like where everything was in Coronation Street, where like the fictional world, the real world, how Mm. it interacted with each other? Maybe for the seventieth anniversary. It would take you a like if you wanted to do this yourself as as your hobby, it'd take like a year easily. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally would. It's so complicated. So, yeah, you've got your houses now. You've got your cabin. The garage is put there. Um, number 14, Coronation Street, which is where Underworld currently is, was built. That was um, used as PGA Promotions, which was uh, Phil Jennings. Um, I, I don't know what you did there. I can't remember. That was 1991 that opened. Um, but between 92 and 95, Mike Baldwin had like a print company there. 
that then turned into Steve McDonald's print company, done to a T, it was called. It's so funny thinking of Steve as being like a print merchant in the mid-90s, So when you say print, you mean... T-shirts he was doing. He made T-shirts for gigs and whatever. It was him and Vicky doing it. And then Underworld in 1998. Um, Underneath the Viaduct, um, which was, as I said, this purpose-built one now... This was opened up as Jim McDonald's bike shop, wasn't it? And um, then there are there are scenes in episodes around 1991, which kind of show him going in there and seeing having this like empty shell under the viaduct, and then kind of building it up into this bike shop. There's a few pictures of that online as well. Um, then you got number two Coronation Street, which is the salon now, but for a year in 1991, it was a charity shop. So it was the Friends of Weatherfield where, where are uh, you Hospital, talking about? The, the the salon now. That was a charity oh, shop, wasn't it? That was where Emily worked know. for a bit. I'm telling you it was. Uh, but it's been a salon ever since. Uh, it was originally Denise's salon first, yeah, that's I think, right. wasn't it? And it had it? a staircase in the middle of it. Yes, it did. Uh, and then Fiona took over it, and then Audrey eventually uh, started running it. And All... who remembers who looks who owns it now? <laughs> Is it Did say Debbie? Debbie. I think it's Debbie. Debbie. Owns you don't know who owns a business in Coronation Street at the Debbie. moment. Just say Debbie. Yeah, yeah. love her. Um, also, under David Liderman, that's when they started showing scenes in the Better Buy supermarket. I love it was, so much. Which is a local Morrison's, Ooh. I believe. Was it? That was um, closed on a Sunday, I think this is right. And that was when it was oh, used really? for filming. So you had these scenes of Reg Holdsworth, Curly Watts, um, Kimberly Taylor, Raquel, of course, Alma over the years actually in this bustling, busy supermarket. And this this was David Liderman's vision, to make Weatherfield seem like a wider place, more than just this tiny street that's all it's been for the first you know, 30 years of its life. Just, I just want to say quickly about Morrison's, that um, we never used to have Morrison's down south, I don't think. But we, we had Safeways, and then they took over Safeways. Oh, did they? Yeah, because remember when we first met, you were like going on about... You had a Morrison's next yeah. to you, near your... Growing up. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is a Morrison? That's weird. And <laughs> uh, now we've infiltrated the South. You have, yeah. <laughs> um, 1993. So you had... So th- this was, again, more Rosamond Street at this time. They were able to add more and more to it. So the Bookies, which is currently Preston's Petals, that was mm-hmm. seen for the first time in 1993. This was Sean Skinner's Bookies. And the Bus Shelter, and that was seen for the first time then as well. Um going up to 1999 um, and I believe oh no in I'm just trying to think on Classic Coronation Street on ITV3 at the moment I think they're on 2000 but in 1999 Granada Studios tour shut and the set was given yet another revamp it seems that these happen in about every 10 years they thought oh let's let's do a bit more let's push it out a bit further I don't think we've ever really we haven't said yet where this set even was have we it this was, was Key Street. This was, again, the same sort of area. Yeah, I know, but it's in Manchester, isn't it? Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, in central Manchester. It's a very, very central location. It's a really weird place to have a television studio. Yeah, not really a huge amount of room for expansion, no room. is there? Everything's gonna... very expensive. All the land is very expensive. You're yeah. surrounded by shops and businesses and restaurants mm. and stuff. Mm. Um I think that end of, like, there's quite a few high-end restaurants down that way now. Mm. And opposite where this... There's the um, set... the theatre nearby as well, wasn't there? That's no, yeah, nearby that's, where we yeah, saw right. uh, Connor and Les on Cinderella. Yeah. And um, a hotel, mm, a mm. boutique hotel now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just to put it into context, because it could not be in a, in a more different place 
now. No, it's right out of the way now, isn't yeah. it? Although you still can't build that much further out, otherwise you get a bit wet going into the canal. Well, maybe they can reclaim some land like oh, they maybe. do in the Netherlands. <laughs> so, yeah, another huge set expansion, late 90s. you got your graffiti club shut down, reopened as the medical centre. Now, at this point in the show, I think the graffiti club had been, you know, disused for a long time, but now you've got your medical centre. It's stayed there ever since. The whole length of Rosamond Street was shown for the first time at this time, and a railway arch was built. So it's if not you... the whole length of Rosamond Street. Well, you know, no, you, you, it was... They kind of shortened it, didn't they? No, no, no. This was, this was the first time, because there was bits of Rosamond Street before, but this is when they had the arch that's behind the rovers now. So, you know, yeah. if you're going down the street, you know, with the bistro behind you, you get to Rosamond Street, look right, you've got a railway arch there now, haven't you? Yeah, why? What is, where does well, it, it doesn't they, go anywhere, it? Does, does it? it doesn't go anywhere now, but there, they wanted to show... Rosamond Street stretching into the distance so they had this big um, facade this like um, painted or photograph I can't remember of a street carrying yeah. on down um, yeah. and it looked fairly believable to be honest it looked believable enough and when we went on the set tour um, 10 yeah. years or so ago we could see this you know this big photograph of here's the rest of Rosamond Street but in order to disguise the fact that it was a big bit of canvas, they had to build the railway arch there, which didn't really make sense no, because there's no, ra- it's anything. not connected to anything. There's no railway running down the down the ginnel, is there? No, um, and it doesn't go anywhere any- either. It doesn't go the other way. No, so that's one of that's these things weird. that you just don't. Think, don't about think about too it. much because I think that they sometimes do have like rumbling of trams going across it in the show now even well, when they have characters there but yeah, got, who knows where so, that's going so the so this railway arch it just kind of goes nowhere mm. but then you've got the the viaduct which I assume is supposed to be connected to the same tram line as the one that's down the bottom of Victoria Street yeah I guess so but I don't think that they're connected. No questions about this. But I guess they could be in theory. Yeah, yeah. So you had that. You could see down Rosamond Street. You had um, Victoria Street built um, as well. A bit of it. So Roy's Rolls, which had also been on um, Rosamond Street um, back in the day when it was Jim's Cafe. I think it reopened as Roy's Rolls for a bit on Rosamond Street, but Roy decided that he wanted to move to Victoria Street when the when the development was going on in show. Um, Streetcars appeared for the first time, and that was that was just recently on Classic Coronation Street, actually, because Eileen's just made her first yeah. appearance. And that's the corner that's kind of behind the salon, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. You've got Elliot and Sons Butchers just next to Roy's. That stayed there until 2010. What is um, that next? That is the community centre now, which isn't Jamila House anymore. I didn't even realise this. It's now just called Victoria Street Community Centre because Yasmin doesn't own it anymore, does she? Take that memory of my beloved um, family member who died tragically. (laughs) Um, And on the corner... Um, to the left of Roy's, you had DNS Hardware. Now, this is Danny Hargreaves, Dollar's Dishwater boyfriend of Sally, um, running those two running a hardware shop so together. he was d and she was s that's correct nice, wow, that nice bit like of sleuthing there Gemma. <laughs> yeah so they run just a hardware shop shop which is a bit boring and um it didn't last very long in the show just a couple of years um it then turned into a bakery which you had diggory compton running diggory compton uh, for a year maybe that didn't work and then after that is when it became a takeaway um, first, it was Jerry's takeaway, so that's Jerry but Morton. But it was still a, a, 
a kebab it was shop. a kebab shop it looked the same as it looks now basically and in 2008 morton's away devon you got prima donna and that has stayed that way ever since going round the corner hang on a minute what just to say i know that things are different in different parts of the country because i did not realize that up north you have combination chip shops and chinese takeaways which you don't really have here but in the uk if you're not from the uk a kebab shop will have a big donner like um lamb meat won't it like reformed lamb meat you slice that down yeah and then it'll also have like probably chicken Mm -hmm. and then shish kebabs and stuff which yeah uh, um are on long bits of thing uh long skewers and then it'll have horrible salads which are like chopped up limp lettuce and (laughs) sad tomatoes yeah and um various sauces chips and sometimes they'll do pizzas, but I, th- I think they do do pizzas. I think that Devs is supposed to do... I think Prima Donna is supposed to do pizzas now, but nobody ever orders one. So but that's like one of on Britain's main... We have, we have yeah. fish and chip shops, we have Indian takeaways, Chinese takeaways, kebab shops. Mm. And I would say those are the... Are the and then and then kind of hybrid-y, kebab-y, chicken-y pizza places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Um, so that was all set up then you got your builder's yard just around the corner as well which is still standing it's Ed who runs it now isn't it and um, if you kind of go around the corner to the left from streetcars for the first time you had the gates of Nuttall's Brewery and now the brewery has always well, for a very long time had a, a massive backdrop going like behind the Maisonettes or you know the Maisonettes the the yeah, David's house and everything and stuff, now yeah. and this was put in there because there was a museum oh gosh which was it a science industry museum or something I can't remember I should know this uh, was actually there in, in real life yeah, in real life and then when they when they moved here they thought well we're going to have to you know mock up these walls here um, so yeah you got your Nuttles Brewery there in the show Nuttles Brewery in the 90s was away from Coronation Street because they had Jack Duckworth visit it once but now it's here Never mind. And it also never made sense to me that it wasn't just the Newton and Ridley brewery. Yeah. Because they, yeah. I really don't get understand the logic of this. I don't get why, why is there a rival brewery company? For storyline potential, surely. Whose beer will they serve? There's never any, there was never, I mean, maybe there were a few. I think there were a bit. Stories about. Harvey Nuttall, Yeah. <laughs> just weird. It is weird. Two thousand and four. But it looks it looks kind of mysterious. It looks like a bit like it a, is a bit, Willy it's a bit wonkerish. Kind of, like massive gates. You know, like the story when suddenly he closed the factory and all the workers had to leave, and then there were mysterious noises at night. Mm, mm. Wonder it, it what was, kind it's... of strange creatures work at Nuttall's Brewery. <laughs> we'll never know. Never know. Um, Two thousand and four. You got your chippy open. See, that... this is Wong's chippy. So yeah. What fish and chip shop yeah yeah exactly so it's not Wong's chip anymore now it's for no. your fries only never really show the inside of it much these days but back in the mid 2000s you had a fair few scenes set in there didn't you because you had Scylla Battersby and Yana Lum working inside there so that was pretty cool um, and also in 2004 you had at the very end of the street so we're getting back down street down past the cabin down past the, the shop where the bistro is now, you had this thing called Turner's Joinery suddenly appear. And I remember watching the show back in the day, and I don't remember when it exactly it sprung up, but I remember watching thinking, oh, what's that? What's this joinery? What's it? Carpenters. Where is this? This is where the, this is where 
the bistro is now. Oh, okay. It was literally just like a sign that said Turner's Joinery. There was a window there. You could see some planks of wood um, lent up in the inside. And it's like, what's the point of that? Well, we found out in 2004 because that was when Mad Maya Sharma, the crazy bitch that's to set Dev's shops all on fire and try to kill them, on, crashed her car into it before getting splattered by um by a lorry she's okay though so it it, it she cushioned didn't die. her she hasn't died she's going to come back she's going to wake up from that coma any anytime soon okay, what happened fill me in quickly let me tell you no no tell me in three sentences <laughs> tram crash happened um 2008 another huge development for the street victoria court so the flats that are currently home to oh God, i can't remember who even lives there at the moment Adam and Sarah don't live there, do they? Nick and Leanne live in Victoria Court at the moment. Is that it? Maybe that's Carla? possibly it. It's Carla, maybe. Carla's homeless. No, it doesn't Is Car- she I think Carla and Peter are supposed to live in the flat above streetcars at the moment. Steve, Liz and Tracy's old flat. They never show it. But anyway, Victoria Court, we all know it. This was built in 2008. Um, and that kind of area of the street was another don't look here too closely part of the street for a while. The end of the road to the right of it, if you're going down Victoria Street, was just blocked off with a gate for residents of Victoria Street, uh, Victoria Court only. And, and there was that- a... Um, an overbuild wasn't there like a br- like a bridge part yeah. going across yeah so underneath was empty but all the way across the street you're supposed to believe that some kind of flat yeah some kind of apartment is over the, the road now literally. nowadays of course Victoria Street is a lot wider you can go all the way down to get yeah. to the co-op and everything and but no... these days it was kind of blocked off a bit but they didn't like to show it too much they no. didn't want you to think too much about that 2010, the joinery opens. Now, not this is in the location of Turner's joinery, but this is the first bistro-ish thing on Coronation Street, isn't it? Very originally called the joinery. Didn't last too long because that was the scene of the tram crash in the 50th anniversary episode. It got blowed up. Oh. Gas leak, naked flame. But I've got a booking. Sorry. For Monday. Don't worry, it carries over onto the bistro. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Which bistro is that? Uh, Nick's Bistro oh, was what nice. opened okay. in April 2011. And over the course of the 2010s, that was rebranded Nick's Bistro, just Nick's at a time when he was being particularly petty about something or other. Yeah, I remember. Um, the Viaduct Bistro is what it's called now from 2018 so onwards. It's it's been a restaurant for 12 years now yes yeah and it feels very natural now that it's a restaurant it seems like quite a good fit I think again that's one of those things that if you think about it too much you can actually fit the bistro in there that's just because it kind of goes down a long way yeah. doesn't it and it was just it's just an archway for a for a tram to go and over the there, top like, it doesn't in, make sense in the back office doesn't it look kind of brickish and kind of a bit weird yeah. and sloped like that they like. also had a bit when David went underneath it once he went down in the cellar oh, a yes. couple of years ago well, yes, was seven eight right. years ago maybe that's a don't think about it too much i mean so's the rovers isn't it because the back room of the rovers if you if were to real. lay if that was real that would be extending out into rosamond street they haven't got the scale of some of these things quite right but it's too late to it do anything matter. about it now just don't think about it um december 20- don't, don't make a podcast yeah. nitpicking now not only did the tram crash happen in December 2010 but that was also when it was announced that this key <gasps> street set was going to close oh. and the whole production would be moved to Media City now this is yes. what how far down the road is this I a while a while down the road it's, it's far in another, it's not even it's not, it's not in the same bit of Manchester is it's it? in you can't, Salford it's not in walking distance is it 
Um, you you, you got to get in the Manchester car to get to this. Or get are in a different tram. cities. They are different cities. That is correct. Um, Coronation Street wanted to go big. It's been. Um, the, the Granada Studios lot was a perfectly good home for it for 50 years but they wanted to expand and um, that was Stuart Blackburn I think was was he Stuart? No he wasn't producer at the time but I think he was partly involved in the in the rebuilding of it in the in the early 2010s but because the Media City is an incredibly ambitious development mm-hmm. which is a mixed it's BBC and ITV BBC isn't it? BBC and ITV and it's, it's like the biggest it's over by the studios it's by outside the of London Keys. Very watery, lots of bridges around there, it's lovely. Um, and it, it's just built as this giant kind of complex of mm. radios, um, and television shows. Um, yeah, that's Apartments. where all the, all the people that work there seem to live. So where they live or where they stay expensive. when they're working. And yeah. um, there's the like theatre, is there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like the Lowry Theatre there, there's that. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's a nice so I don't place really, to hang out. I'm not really sure when it was decided that. ITV would move uh, move Coronation Street set to Media City. Well, it was announced in December 2010, so I guess it had been ongoing discussions but for a few years before it's then, important maybe. to note that the Coronation Street set is actually slightly separate to the rest of Media City. So mm. Media City is this massive complex, like Michael said, full of really, really tall um, apartments, lots of restaurants and um, bars and... Very flashy. Very, very posh. It's got its own tram stop. It's the end of the line. Mm. Um, but it's also, like you said, it's on the shipping canal, so they're not. It's not used now. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen a boat there. Hmm. But um, so there are bridges, like pedestrian bridges, going across the water, and Coronation Street set is across the water from the main, yeah, the main, um, the main studios, which is kind of important because it's got its own little road. Isn't it? And mm. it's also by factories. It's all. It's, and it's by kind the of a um, bit of a wild, like industrial museum, wilderness. It? Yes, it's across the. There's a, there's a little pedestrian area, and that's where the children went on their little school oh, trip recently. That's right. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but it it does mean that they they can't really expand it, can they? They've they've got a, a chunk that's got a road on one side and a canal on the other side. So yeah. any future set extensions, they're it, gonna be kind of building into car park space. It's very strange. Um, how actually uh, limited they are mm. um, by by the location of, of because yeah it, there physically is nowhere to to go uh, because there's like these little kind of peninsulas of um, of the shipping canal where I've seen boats used to dock and stuff and um, Coronation Street is in its own little mm. area bordered it's... by a big Trafford Wharf Road and then the Imperial War Museum, the, and then the canal on two sides of it. Yeah, yeah. They can't go so anywhere they, else. They, there isn't a huge. All they can really do expansions. is buy some more, some more space around mm. to put car parks somewhere separate. But, but I think everyone's thinking we don't need to worry about that yet. Well, I don't that know how much more they producers. need. Yeah, exactly, I really don't exactly. know how much more they need. The other thing to consider that they now they've moved, so they've kind of painted themselves into a bit of a hole when it comes to location shooting because it was fairly easy to just kind of get everyone outside and you know they had Manchester on the doorstep and Mm. they had I know that they used to do a lot more it seems like they used to do a lot more Manchester City filming when they were located in the centre of the city Mm. so they could just get everybody outside and go and do 
stuff. Mm. Whereas it feels like now they're in Media City, you have to get one on coach. I think they used to do like weekends were location shoot days, especially during the 90s. If you watched Coronation Street back then, they they did that quite a lot of location stuff. And it was like location shoot at the weekend, out on the street on Mondays, studios, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and and then back to locations again at the weekend. Anyway, anyway, anyway. No, don't I'm worry, that's fine. Um, another change on the street in 2013. The bookies became Barlow's Buy, so that was a couple of years, wasn't it? It was like a pawn shop there that Tracy ran, basically sodging like dodgy off like the back of a lorry. Without giving anything to charity. Yeah, which it, is totally it was up very Tracy's much, street. Well, it was very much, um, you know, it reflected what was springing up in real life high streets at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, th- there were loads of places like this. They're not as popular anymore because of the internet. Mm. And you can sell things online much easier. But yeah, yeah, millions of shops selling secondhand goods that you go in and you buy stuff. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and at the end of 2013, so we're into podcast territory now, the final scenes at the <laughs> Key Street Studios were filmed. So the last exterior shot was Peter Barlow and Rosamond Street. I remember watching that thinking, oh, the end of an era. And then the interior shots, it was there was Eileen, Todd and Jason doing a scene in number 11. And that was it. After that, it was all over at Media City. And I remember watching it and... and you know, no, bit, all over at... At Media City. After, all over, sorry, at Key Street. Yeah, yes. you're right. Yeah. I remember watching it at the time thinking, oh, when are we going to see the new one on screen? Oh, is it going to be really obvious? I know, are they going to do a grand unveiling? And, and they didn't they didn't so much do a grand unveiling. They kind of did bits of it at a time, didn't they? Like one scene filmed in the old place, one scene filmed in the new place. And yeah. they just gradually yeah, they, integrated they it, it in early 2014. Yeah. So this Media City set, one of the biggest selling points was that the road was bigger, wasn't it? I remember yeah. they made a huge thing about this. You can have two cars pass by each other on the road now. Um, the houses were bigger. Maudley Street, the, so the ones that back onto the Ginnel, has got kind of houses built there so that they can have scenes in their um, in their own yards if they want to, which I've had a little bit. A new window has mysteriously appeared on the front of the Rovers. Now, it used to be, always was one window above the green um, frontage. Now there's two. No questions, please. And the little... Hmm? On the sign. Oh, yeah, a little bit on the sign. What's it called? A tilt? Yeah, something like that. A door appeared on the cafe. Um, It's like this this maroon-coloured door that supposedly leads up to the Roy's flat. I don't think anyone's ever come out of this door. Don't really get what's going on there. Rosamond Street got massive, uh, massively truncated, didn't it? So this sprawling commercial hub of Weatherfield that stretched on forever is now nothing it's just a weird it would not exist in it just feels like why would you have this road mm. rosamond street now has got preston's petals the medical center um street cars and that's about it isn't it jr eccleston and sons yeah so now if you look underneath this railway arch it? that leads to num- nowhere it's like this old locksmiths i think All it's right. supposed to be jr eccleston's and sons so it's now kind of parallel to Coronation Street, isn't it? So it's like, is that part of Morsley Street? Dunno. Is Rosamond Street supposed to curve around a little bit? Don't really know. It's very interesting. There's possibly, there's potential to extend the set that way because that's where the big car park is, isn't there? If you go any further around there and uh, and the prop store and everything. So they could one day extend into there. Not for for now, though. Um, Also on this new Media City set, You've got um, Victoria Street carries on downwards a little bit longer, 
don't look too closely because it is just a facade at the end. You've got V Court Fitness appeared on the street at this time, um, the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Which has been weirdly abandoned for a good five years now, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, you... Sharif and Dev and... Yeah, Gary, Gary and a few others it. invested I really in enjoyed... it. Cal. It yeah. just, I just think that the actors are like, I'm not running and talking. <laughs> yeah, they just ran out of storylines quite quickly for that. Um, Weatherfield Hospital and Freshco's uh, car park, not the actual Freshco's, because that used to be on f- screen a lot, the car park now appear a lot more, filmed in the um, car park of the... Employees, the, actual, yeah. the uh, Media City. So if you if you ever if you were to drive in through the front gates of Media City, which sometimes doubles as the frontage for Highfield Prison on the show, yeah, and you go and park your car there, that is the car park that they use to be freshcos. So they just bung some freshcos lorries in there and Weatherfield Hospital. And I now I've visited there a few times. I just cannot see it as a hospital. It's the in Tony my, Warren Building, isn't yeah. it? That's what it's called. Yeah. In my head, whenever I see anybody in Coronation Street go to the hospital, I'm like, nope, that's just the Coronation Street offices. I cannot separate reality from fiction on that one, and it's very annoying, but that's just my own it's little thing. Like I hope I've not spoiled gone. it for you here, viewers. It's well, we not go real. on about it enough whenever it's on the screen. <laughs> so um, this, this huge development at Media City um, involved 144,000 bricks reclaimed from uh, a derelict street in Salford, 54,000 reclaimed cobbles from Salford and Eccles. It's really, really nice that I'm kind of taking <clears throat> old parts of the city and making them new and important well, didn't, again. In yeah, because they street. needed new. They've got. They took the old cobbles. They the took original. the old cobbles from the original set. So in the mid 2010s, this is when sadly the the key street set just deteriorates into a post-apocalyptic looking wasteland isn't it it gets looted it gets raided by urban explorers they don't raid things they explore things um and they found a few interesting things there didn't yeah. they like but um, they yeah they're like collections funny of funny things. little lines from yeah. scripts that were had double entendres in and stuff but um, there's some fascinating stuff on youtube of that if you've not seen it but they took those cobbles but they didn't have enough because they've increased the the width of the road by two and a half times no but those cobbles that were on Coronation Street are now in Victoria Street, which is a 2018 development. So it was other cobbles that they that they use okay. on the main one. So, but they're um, also they didn't have enough, did they? And so the gaps between the cobbles in yes. Media City are wider than they should Correct really be, fact. and it's more difficult to walk on them with <laughs> high heels, which I think is a health and safety violation. So this all started 2014. There was a documentary on telly called Coronation Street: A Moving Story, which kind of documented this this two-year move basically from Key Street to Media City. Definitely worth a watch if you've not seen this. Um, and also that year we had Coronation. Street the tour opens so this was you know 15 years since the Granada studio tour had ended and was the first time um, for anybody to visit the set not the new set mind this was still the old set this was such a great idea before it deteriorated into the 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 horrible tragic you know it's just flattened now isn't it basically but yeah this this 
this old set had been abandoned, continuum um, attractions, like, we'll have that, thank you very much, we can we can earn a little bit of cash on there, and then for a few years, Coronation Street fans could go and tour the set again for the first time in 15 years. It was a brilliant tour. You kind of went in there, there were some interior scenes first, weren't there, where you could go through, you could see, like, the Platts Lounge, you could go into the factory, you could see... Yeah, it was um, really cool. The, the, the Tyrone yeah, like Fizz's house, I think. Little collection of coffins, I remember, Martha's Barge, Martha's Barge. was there. And then a load of um, props and like their trophies, wardrobes, yeah, yeah. Um, Deirdre's specs there, Liz's necklace, yeah. And then you finally the interior bit ended. Hang on, in the bistro, and then the doors. No, opened. you walked through. You walked through a little tunnel, and it was. I don't know if it was replicas or the real thing of the old switchboards and the screens oh, yeah, and all yeah, the production suite. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Could you? It also took you into like down the corridors and. Um, into the there was a um, dressing yeah re- yeah the, the wardrobe dressing room the wardrobe yeah that's and right you could it look was at all really the, good show you could actually look at all the different yeah clothes some famous that were costumes and stuff God. really really well oh, done she's a size six <laughs> wow. and the interior bit ended you in the opening of Neek's, Neek's bistro <laughs> <laughs> the doors opened the yeah. music played and there you had the <laughs> so street like, in front of you it you. was a great spectacle it was a really really nice like honestly that was better than the one no. that is the one that is better than the one it was now they're, they're, they're working on the there's one more, that is now there's, there's more stuff yeah that and it, was fantastic but they had more freedom because it's a working set that they're on now yeah whereas this was like there was nothing it's, it's, it's it was a free range don't you like? yeah now it's been built up and raised to the ground but uh, it was fantastic and that they also did a few like themed um, yes, they did. Shows there, yeah. didn't they? Like we went Christmas. there, did Christmas at Coronation Street, and there was the fake snow on the street. Oh. They did Halloween ones there, which had some yes. like uh, Brian Capron, who played Richard Hillman, would do his ghosty stories oh there. They God. did a really, really good job there. But meanwhile, back in Media City, this is where it's all at for Coronation Street. There are a few other changes to the street over that um, decade. Kevin, for whatever reason, expand the garage into one of the other viaduct arches. Um, that seemed to just happen so that it could be burned down by Andy Carver in 2017. I think the property still belongs to Kevin, but he doesn't use it. It's a bit odd. Um, then in 2015 as well, you had the Victoria Court fire. And after this point, that's when Victoria Street facade is covered in tarpaulin. So for like three years on the show, there was just all this tarpaulin at the end of Victoria Street. But behind the scenes, they're extending it. 2016, we had Barlow's Buyers becoming Preston's Petals. 2017 and 18, the brewery was extended. And then 2018, that's when the brand new Victoria Street set gets unveiled. And that was incredible. So for the first time, you were able to see all the way down to the bottom of Victoria Street. It's another case of, we're supposed to believe it's always been there. Don't ask any questions. And of course, people have always been and hung out in Victoria Gardens. And when they've needed to catch the tram, that's where they've got it from. And I think, yeah, you just got to suspend your disbelief with this, haven't you, a little bit. And it's also ac- across the top there is the, the tram Yeah, the line. tram line right at the very end. Victoria and Court doesn't protrude onto the street half as much as it did before as well. The other the f- interesting thing about that, because this tram line was not ever in the show that's that's kind of at the bottom of of Victoria Street um but i can't remember whether it came before or because of the fact that they've built a new tram line literally outside mm. on Trafford Street yeah 
Trafford Wharf Road. There's a there's a new tram line, and so they've got trams going backwards and forwards, and they can't stop them from doing it. So when they're filming, mm. they will have this noise, and so it makes sense to know that there is a tram line. Stop. Yeah. So it makes sense that. And and we never they never really spoke about this tram line, did they? No, no. But we know there are trams around. Yeah, exactly. And Manchester is very, very lucky because... Oh, the, the transport not, is Not fantastic. very many cities... Public transport in Manchester, top notch. Outside London have very good... We used to have trams in Southampton, but mm. they all got taken before away. I, before I moved down. Well, yeah. before I was alive. I was. I don't know when they stopped. Okay. So, <laughs> bit, <laughs> you are very the... old, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so, Victoria Street, you got Victoria Gardens there, which I still don't like that name when it was revealed it was said there was a community garden I don't really like that either but Victoria Gardens just the name Why? of that big I don't know it gets my gut I don't like it you know what I'm like yeah, Speed Dial opens you got your Pakistani street food restaurant you had an estate agents there which um, later became Trim Up North yep um, a snooker hall um, you got the tattle do not tattoo do nicely a tattoo parlor which doesn't work if you say it out loud. Tattoo do nicely. Tattoo do Has anyone ever been to that? I don't know. Um, I remember there was a, an April Fool's skit that they did one year, which showed Shona coming out of there like rubbing oh, yeah. her arm. Um, you got your council building on the right, which has now become Shuttleworth's funeral directors. You got your Costa, which is now an EE shop co-op tram station like you said and uh, one interesting bit of trivia that I like to point out on the tour is that the handles at the tram station used to be on the Rover's return back in its Key Street day so that's quite lovely you've got your Red Red Bank apartments where Adam and Sarah well Sarah current time um, uh, lives and um, of course that was also at the time when they built the Weatherfield police station set now this is just round the corner from um Victoria Court isn't it if you're kind of going down before you get to Victoria Court and you turn left there's like some gates there through the gates is the set for Victoria uh, for Weatherfield Police Station but you're not supposed to believe it's actually there it's supposed to be somewhere else in Weatherfield but again when you've been there it's very difficult to imagine that police station being anywhere else isn't it Yes, it really is, yeah. So um, that, that, again, spoils the magic a little bit, but never mind. So all of this brand new for 2018, really exciting stuff and um, another reason to draw people back onto the tour because at this point now you could do the tours on the Media City set itself. Very cool. Um, also, that that is where, I can't remember whether I said this earlier, the cobbles from the Key Street set, they're now in Victoria Street. Interesting stuff. And that's kind of where we've got to. We know that later this year, so we're currently recording this in March 2022, for anyone who's listening in the future, June this year, um, the new Coronation Street experience is going to be opening. I don't think that's officially been revealed yet. It kind of alludes to it a bit on the Coronation Street, the tour website. But if you've done a little bit of digging behind the scenes, um, we know that there's going to be a cafe bar that's opening um, at the Media City. Like, it's got a Rover's frontage. You go in through the Rover's doors and there's a cafe there that is going to be open all day. It's like an 8am to 11.30pm. It's going to be an actual proper go there to have a drink. Like a licensed premises. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
There's going to be a 79 seat auditorium for studio tour introductions. There's going to be a room for there's going to be room there for open plan exhibition space. So you'll be able to see sets. You'll be able to see memorabilia. So all the stuff really that made the old Coronation Street tour at Key Street great, or a lot of the stuff, is going to finally be arriving at Media City. So well worth a visit again this summer, I reckon. There's going to be a multi-purpose projection room, and also at the rear of the building there's going to be like a, a changeable backdrop thing so if they ever want to show in the in the plans it shows a pharmacy doesn't it but they can yeah. have here's they can, they can yeah switch out the frontage i don't know how often they'll actually do this to say and now is the character going into this building it, i i can't picture that this is going to look anything other than weird that it's the same place but with a different frontage but never mind so look out for that later this year and then of course in winter this year winter winter or maybe early next year we'll have to see how the building goes that is when the weatherfield precinct is going to be opening so it's a brand new square of shops around a piazza there's masonettes there above so possibility of bringing new characters in or getting current characters to move there there are balconies staircase going up to it so a brand new place don't want to talk about it too much because we spent a lot of time last week's podcast talking about it but um more stuff to look forward to like just while i've been talking you've been busy beavering away <laughs> at the computer zooming oh, in yeah, on on maps i'm and just things. trying to make have you sense found anything no, interesting no no, no. Trying i'm to get trying your to head around where everything where, is where the new where this where is this new bit going the new bit i'm just po- for the purposes of the podcast i'm just pointing where the new bit's going i can't actually remember i think maybe around here it, no it's here that's where it is Gemma. right there you use your imaginations listeners i'm just pointing so on the map so it's behind underworld it's going to be behind underworld um that's underworld maybe oh i can't get my head quite around a lot there. Of kind no of... it's here it's here Sorry, this is rubbish for a podcast, isn't it? I apologise. I don't. I hate it when podcasts do this. Okay, well, listen. There is a um, a Twitter account called Gaddis is a badass, which I think I totally um. Oh yes, I Full totally. Of of yep, Twitter um, they have done a map, the unofficial uh, map of Coronation Street. This is like which last is year, the an year updated before, one with with Victoria Street in it. But it doesn't have the the new bit hasn't because it hasn't been built yet. Yes. So calm down. But if you want to see that um. That that's on there, um, and also, why not just go to Google Maps or your preferred satellite imagery website have and have a look because you can see um, it even on on Google Maps it does have Coronation Street, Rosalind Street written on the street mm. as though it's a real and uh, really like an address that you can send something to. Mm. So um, that that is it. That is the history of Coronation Street sets from its humble days as dodgy wooden not even fit in the whole like of the houses in, in the studio to this vast expansive lot with like three main streets houses businesses shops gardens everything is there and now a precinct uh, it's certainly evolved a lot in the last 60 years and it only makes me wonder what is in store for coronation street in the future they can't really expand very much like we've said but I reckon my prediction for the next expansion here is Brewery Brewery Lane. So currently on Coronation Street, the brewery has been closed. I think it was it Ray that bought it a couple of years ago because he planned to, to destroy that so that he could build his massive hotel there. But Nuttall's Brewery is no longer in operation. And um, in Brewery Lane, that's kind of like you're going down the street 
with the cabin on the right, the shop on the left, you veer round to the right on Viaduct Street, um, round the corner of that, you've got a little little lane there, and that's where the Coronation Street uh, Winter Wonderland had been a couple of Christmases ago, and more recently, all the Coronation Street stuff. So it's been used infrequently for kind of as an event space, yeah, which is events. quite useful. But there's a you know there's a fairly decent amount of space there that I think is ripe for redevelopment. And all of those um, big uh, sides of the buildings that are supposed to be the side of the brewery, which you know in the past mimicked the um, the, the science museum. museum that was there. I think that they're going to maybe open some things up there. And I actually saw a great post on the Digital Spy Coronation Street new set forum recently where someone had said, oh, there's going to be like a gay bar here called Tony's after Tony Warren. There's going to be... I like that idea. Um, There's going to be a museum, like space for some um, outside seating maybe... Um, this but is, this isn't real. This isn't real. This is just this is just saying this. This is a concept of what they art. would put there. But there is absolutely room there. There's that's absolutely scope to say let's open some more things. Let's extend it out further. And just behind those, because they are just backdrops at the moment, like very thin walls, if you like. In real life, there's a little car park, isn't there? Just enough room to fit one car in. I think that they might get rid of that car park extend those walls back a little bit so you can have maybe people walking in or you know at the moment where the the costa and the not the costa the ee shop and the coopar now you can like walk in and like go a couple of meters can't you yeah um i think that they might do that to these places extend it out a little bit put some new businesses in there um and so i mean you've got room for what one two three four big fronted businesses there um you've got a little square outside what through the brewery gates that could absolutely be a little square. That is a huge waste of space there. There's no rush to move into there. I think let's get this Weatherfield precinct in there. But it would not surprise me if part of even this Media City move that's coming up on 10 years ago now included a long-term plan for what are we going to do with the rest of this space. And yet definitely that brewery lane there is one to keep your eye on. Possibly as well, like I said, that the uh, the bit of you know is it Morsley Street I don't know the street with the locksmiths on because that that old locksmith Premier Street I think I, is it I don't know I don't think anybody really knows. it says on Google Maps that it's Crimea Street but I don't know um, yeah when when they showed that yeah, that Eccleston's um, locksmiths I thought oh, are they going to put something new in that because nobody ever goes into it it seems to be closed they could very well put a a, a business in there now the problem is you'd have to be very clever with camera angles wouldn't you because if you go underneath that railway arch next to the rovers and look left it is oh we're on a tv set here because they've got a load of old props haven't they and yeah. gravestones yeah, they've and got a, collection like a, of a shed with just random stuff piled next to it it is not usable mm. as a tv set at the moment but you could have the camera locked in on rosamond street showing someone going into whatever this building is and um it is a little bit... I, I think that if they wanted to, they could build into there and then find some other way to go into the prop store, which is the massive, massive warehousey room just behind where the medical centre is now. Um, so even though we've said, you know, they can't expand very far, they've shown that even with Victoria Street and now the the precinct, which I believe is being built, uh, tucked in at the end of Victoria Street, 
You can actually do a fairly decent amount with a little bit of space, can't you? And looking at the size of Brewery Lane now, that's, you know, that's longer than the extension of Victoria Street, isn't it? Sorry, just getting a bit closer to the microphone there. That's about twice as long. So um, I, I think that there's, you know, that, 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 there's, there's enough space there to expand into for the next 10, 20 years with them, without them having to worry about where to go to next. Just where are you going to park? Where are you? Yeah, well, don't, don't worry about that because in the future everyone's just going to teleport in. Okay, yeah. You don't need cars. And we know that all the big stars have their limos and, and Well, the big stars, they've got their, their, no, they've got their helicopters. They can just yeah. parachute into to the set, so it's all fine. I don't fine. think Barbara Knox parachutes in. Do you not? You know, I know did the Queen use, did for the Olympics. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think Barbara Knox parachutes in with a big pair of bloomers <laughs> opening up. <laughs> well, there we go. That is our very confusing um, description Sorry, I'll, of I'll try things. and put the pictures up. I know. I hope right. you've got a really good imagination, everybody. But there you go. That's that's how it began and this is where it is that. and what the future holds for it. Very exciting. Can't wait to see the new Weatherfield Precinct and I all just, the bits that I'd are going to be added. I'd love to have shown like a Tony Warren from 1960. This is what your little idea is going to look like in 60 years' time. It's one of, you know... Blown his the, mind. The thing is, um, we've, we've got a load of old magazines and stuff from... Um, those era. decades and one of the things that I don't think we do anymore because we're depressed about it but back in the day they used to imagine what the future would hold they did oh, what's it going to be like in the year 2000 what will we have and it'd be like a robot you know and uh, <laughs> a, a machine that washes your dishes can you imagine but you know even in the most wildest and optimistic uh, dreams I don't imagine that they would have ever envisaged such a large no. area and all these different things that Coronation Street now mm. has within its walls. Yeah, yeah. I, I've spoken and I absolutely do believe about this, about the fact that the more you extend the set, the less opportunity there is to go and film on location, which is a shame because it's always a treat when Corrie go and film on location, isn't it? And the whole idea with this expansion is you don't need to do it quite so much. I know that there have been concerns raised about the fact that, you know, people think this is a programme about Coronation Street. I don't want to know about Rosamond Street. don't want to know about Victoria Street. This is a cosy, enclosed, kind of small community of characters that just live on a road. And all this um, almost gentrification of some of the areas around Coronation Street don't necessarily gel with the programme's original um, ideas. But um, that's progress, kid, I suppose. Well, this is how things are. Yeah. Yeah. What can you do? I mean, if you were to go to one of these many, many terrace streets on in Salford now, maybe you wouldn't find, you know, a factory and a bistro and a medical centre and a tattoo parlour and two salons, etc, 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 all in quite such close proximity. But as with a number of things on Coronation Street that we talked about today, you just got to get that suspension of disbelief and um, just enjoy the programme, really. So stop complaining. I'm just talking to myself here at I this point. I know you point. are. Stop complaining, Michael. Are we done? We're done. We're done for the evening. Hope you enjoyed that, everybody. And, uh, and I hope at some point I'll put the pictures up so you can um, you can follow along. But um, maybe not tonight. I don't know. That's it. We'll be back at the weekend with uh, more of our thoughts on this week's we Coronation go? Street. We're going to go. Gemma's getting cranky. So oh, we've got stuff to do. We've got things to do. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> goodbye. Say goodbye, Gemma. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com.